1: We are back in Nashville after a fun football weekend, Thanksgiving weekend in Auburn, Alabama for the Iron Bowl without kick the tailgate presented by Farmfolio 24-22 the final where the Crimson Tide come back and win in dramatic fashion over the Auburn Tigers in overtime alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. That was a great game Uh, looking around college football for rivalry weekend. And all the matchups, the in-state matchups, Clemson blows out South Carolina, where that wasn't much of a game at all. Uh, here in Tennessee, Tennessee wins over Vanderbilt, 45-21. Uh, not much of uh, a competitive performance at all from the Commodores, but they get the Hail Mary right before halftime as halftime ends. And and that that was the one spark uh, to the first half for Vanderbilt. But that game that game also went, Chad, about as, as we expected and honestly titans and patriots went about as expected yesterday uh for those watching that game from foxborough in paul's case they're in foxborough not not much happened that was very surprising except for the fact that the titans ran the football on on new england's defense at ease or with ease um and then they turned it over you can't have the fumbles That goes without saying they have to protect the football. It's nine, nothing in favor of the opponent over the last two weeks against Houston and against new England, nine giveaways, zero takeaways. And with the way they're constructed, that is a recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah. I mean, they really did have a pathway to win this game. Yeah. You saw the formula. Yeah. Hold them to field goals. You know, they clamp down in the red zone, which they frequently, frequently do. Um, and you know then they missed an extra point which was a killer they missed a field goal which was a killer you give them those four points um and then they ran the ball spectacularly well 270 yards you had 100 yard games from uh, from Hilliard and and from Foreman so if they don't cough the ball up at the end of two good runs and lose both of those the game could have taken on a different shape and they could have been in, in much better, Form This is what if, you know, but the question was, you know, the Titans generally after the kind of failure they had against Houston bounce back. And I think the plan had them set up to conceivably bounce back. They ran very effectively. They weren't going to be reliant on Cody Hollister and Nick Westbrook, Akina, you know, guys who play hard and have some skills, but certainly aren't NFL first and second wide receivers. You weren't going to ask Tannehill to try to work too much magic with those guys. The defense needed to make a play and to force a turnover of their own. Jeffrey Simmons and Kevin Byard both said our defense needed to outplay their defense. Yep. And they didn't come close to doing that. And and that really was the key to unhinging what seemed like a a plan that could have worked. But the Titans just with the injuries and the turnovers didn't, wind up having a chance in this game.
2: The Foreman fumble was the Kill killer. I mean, that they are gashing the Patriots at that point. That's the end of a 40-plus yard run, and he is just not aware at all. I mean, you've got to know. He said that. Someone is coming to smack that ball. He said, I didn't, when you're running I down didn't the field. feel
0: him coming. Yeah. I don't know that you have to be on high alert at that moment for someone coming. You have to be on high alert at all times. For someone it's coming. Someone's always coming. But, <laughs> the, that, that's, that's the whole thing. Yes, I but, have the ball.
2: Someone is coming to get the ball. But especially in those situations, we see that so many times because that is when a guy is running full sprint. It has the ability to try to punch at the ball. It Every single long run at the end of okay. it, we see someone doing that. It doesn't happen as much when you're in the trenches between the tackles, getting tackled for a four-yard gain. You don't see that. But when you're out in the open field, it's It's coming. At some point. So I just don't – I I buy what he's saying that he it's true that he wasn't ready for it. You can't be in that position, though, to not at least be ready for that. It better be the perfect ball punch yeah. to knock that ball out. It can't be because you didn't feel a guy next to you or you're not ready. Uh, the effort by Jayon Brown and Jack Rabbit Jenkins on the one Kendrick Bourne touchdown was, uh, was atrocious. We talked about it earlier, some other key plays. I thought the Kevin Byard coverage was great, and everything that could have happened for the Patriots to score on that play did, and it just worked out uh, perfectly for them. I think Mike Vrabel having to throw a challenge flag on the touchdown by Hollister is ridiculous.
0: That's the second time this season. And I'm glad he threw it the way
2: he did. Second time this
0: season, he's had to throw a challenge flag at something very obvious So earlier this season, he had to throw it on a completion that was clearly a completion. And this one, he had to throw it on Nick Westbrook-Akina, who was down before he got in the end zone, but he was untouched. Yeah, Westbrook-Akina,
2: sorry. He was untouched,
0: and then he just got, you know, kind of crawled into the end zone. And he said today when I asked him about it, you know, I understand kind of the confusion you know, because some some players give themselves up in certain situations. And so they get their wires crossed there. But it's my hope that that the guy in the booth who can now, you know, tell you something, corrects something like that, that takes yeah. away the necessity for the flag. And it failed in, in that measure. And it certainly did. There's no reason that shouldn't be corrected. I thought the same thing initially. I'm like, oh, he's down. And then somebody next to me says, well, nobody touched him. I go, oh, yeah, they, you're right. That's how. And that's the kind of conversation that should have happened between officials on the field or the guy in the booth who now has the power to whisper in the ear. Hey, yeah, he was down, but nobody touched him. Oh, okay, touchdown. And it should have been as easy as that. Can the Titans get healthy enough to be, you know, to me, this whole thing now, they need at least one weapon on offense who threatens to change the dynamic. And the first guy who's eligible to return is unfortunately the one I have the least faith in. It's Julio Jones is eligible to return for the first game after the bye. We don't know if he's ready after three weeks. You hope he would be. And he needs to show up in that Jacksonville game when they return and be a viable threat opposite these other receivers. Golden Tate will be ready. And then you could conceivably have Julio Jones, Golden Tate, Nick Westbrook-Akina, that's better. And then if Jones demands some kind of coverage, it could open some things up for you. These running backs have shown, hey, we can be all right if we can hold on to the ball. They're not going to run for 270, but they've put it in people's minds they can run. The offensive line run-blocked very well.
1: They did, and I, I thought that that was one of the, the real positives of the game, the, the the way the Titans ran the football uh, and especially on the interior, I thought, and I, I thought Lawan and, and no, Quisenberry did fine. Yes. I, I don't want to not point them out, but I thought Ben Jones and Saffold and um, Brewer, who scrubs. Aaron Brewer, thank you. Yes, I, I really like the aggressive mentality on that guard center, guard center triangle and how they ran up the middle. Uh, there were so many plays. I don't know, five, six, seven runs where it looked like the run was over, and then all of a sudden, it came the pile moved three yards. You know, they got an extra two and a half yards on on a run where I, I was not expecting that. The sloppy play to me, and and no coach is going to admit this, but you know, I, I went down and made a list of all these mistakes and mental errors and just an ugly game where you miss an extra point, you miss a field goal. I'm not expecting that, but again, and it's Bullock's
0: par for the course. has been terrific this and year. And
2: here's what bothers me about this. He hit the same upright twice, and I'm thinking you would think that you would naturally course correct and think I'm going right this time. (laughs) If I miss, it's going to be on the opposite side on that one. He hit the same spot twice. That was frustrating.
1: But the wide receivers falling down on plays, or Chester Rogers, I'm, I'm assuming turning the wrong way for a wide open pass from Ryan Tannehill. At least I would hope he's turned the wrong way, and Tannehill didn't mess it up on his own. Uh, Foreman and Hilliard, if you told me going into the game, they're both going to fumble. I'd be like, yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, I just it, look at who they're playing. They are playing week two and week three in, in today's preseason, week one, week two and week three, preseason performers that everyone gets up in arms over and says, these guys got to make the roster and they come to find out they don't need to be playing on game day. There's a reason why these guys are walking around, not even on a 80 man practice squad. Uh, a, a 16-man practice squad during the COVID year. These guys are walking around available as free agents in the middle of the season. There's a reason for that. This isn't about Jacksonville and getting back healthy in a week. This is about getting healthy in January. And at at worst, and I, I realize that, they, that the magic number three here. Any combination of wins and losses equaling three for the Titans wins and the Colts losses. But, At worst, I view this team as the AFC South champion Tennessee Titans at the four seed and hosting a playoff game. When they host that playoff game, how healthy can they get? Because getting A.J. Brown back and no one else isn't going to cut it. Getting Julio Jones and A.J. Brown back at 75% A.J. Brown isn't going to cut it. Getting Jeremy McNichols back, who's not on IR, isn't going to cut it. How healthy can they get as a complete team to help them win a playoff game, and then get a game closer to potentially getting your MVP back. Because I'm here to tell you, Ryan Tannehill is not capable of making the players around him better. He's just not. And for those that say, I'm being too harsh on that, Cody Hollister put Ryan Tannehill in a position to put the ball on him, and Hollister made some nice plays yesterday where Tannehill deserves credit for putting the ball on Cody Hollister and Hollister making a difficult catch. I'm not seeing that. He was six for 16 after the first quarter yesterday. Maybe it was five for 15. It was horrible. Horrible. It was the sixth worth passing performance of any NFL quarterback this season with 20 or more passing attempts in a game, yardage-wise. And The guy isn't capable of taking over. And I'm asking for one big drive. He wasn't doing it. They yeah. couldn't throw it. Even, even after establishing the run, they couldn't throw it. And part of it, part of it is... The, the, the receivers and the talent that they have, and they have zero speed right now. No, the defense they're is not respecting team. anyone. They're not respecting anyone on offense. But until they get weapons back, Tannehill's just a guy, and that's what we've learned about this. I'm just your, concerned
2: question, th- your question, though, Hutton, I think has expanded, not just how healthy can they get by a home playoff game, which they should have, but also is even if they're healthier, is Ryan Tannehill capable? At this point, well, with but, a better but, receiving core, yes. Because but of he's his. Not, I'm regression. not seeing. I mean, Chester Rogers. Even with the better receiving core this year, though, he has not been as good.
0: Chet- not as good, no. but he's had some good games. He's capable of winning a playoff game with a. Yeah, with he's, a better he's, cast. he's
2: having the worst
1: performance we could have imagined from him based on uh, interception numbers. I mean, since, since Derrick Henry went out, Ryan Tannehill has a 73 quarterback rating, which is. He ranks 29th struggle. in the league in that category since Derrick Henry went out. Cam Newton, right now, over that same time frame, has a better quarterback rating than Ryan Tannehill. Here's wow. the other thing. And, and he's been sacked nine times. He's been He's thrown six picks without Derrick Henry in the lineup.
0: We're talking about guys being healthy for the playoff game. I mean, they need to play two, three games before that. I, I'm not into the idea of guys oh, I know. getting back and dropping in. A, uh, Julio Look, Brown. It, I mean, you'll take what you can get from Henry. He's an exception, right? Right. And I don't think it's going to be much, but if he, if at all. But Julio Jones and AJ Brown, in particular, need to get back out there and ramp up to speed and and be ready to go. This is kind of the beginning of the season thing, like where they were coming off injuries and not ready for Arizona and. And kind of get going in Seattle finally a little bit. This, they need to be have that ramp up period like you have during training camp, and be firing for the playoff game. Because if they think they're just going to drop people in and things are going to go, they're going to have problems. I'm with, I'm Ross. with you.
1: I'm I, I agree with you. And, and I'm not timing and all that. Stuff. I'm not certain that it's
0: they're capable happen. of I'm doing not that. Either. I'm not. That's where the worry is.
1: Well, the the Titans had 51 yards passing on the final three quarters yesterday. 51 yards. And they were running the football at a clip that should provide you some space in the passing game on play action.
0: Also, I had some people saying, like, why aren't they screening it? Well, they're not screening it because they're running it. The screen is, is kind of like what you do in lieu of running, well, that's right? just someone You'll hoping get to pad some,
2: some passing stats. passing
0: stats, right? But if you're <laughs> guys, let's help out
2: our guy Tannehill get that quarterback rating yeah. up a little bit by throwing some screens. If
0: you're running for two seventy, you don't need to be screening it. You need to be finding a pass off of the run. But the pass you need to be finding in the screen. I, I you know, I, I had no problem with them not screening. Also, it. I, I mean, have a problem with them not finding a pass play. To mix in there to take advantage of of them trying then to stop the run.
1: But the I want to go back to the formula when we come back because the formula is there. And by the way, it's not just the run game. Um, I, I keep mentioning the final three quarters because the first quarter the Titans had two possessions. They had that long drive after they gave they, they just I mean it was uh a, it it was a five yard penalty on the first punt of the game that ended up being like a thirty two yard penalty yeah. because they had to re kick. Um, and they, they get, it was a layup for the Patriots to take a quick lead.
0: Another one at the beginning of the second half on special But that teams.
1: second possession, Tannehill with, with this, uh, what, what everyone would say, with this terrible offensive lineup at skilled positions, drove down the field and got points. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching them make a nice long drive that ended with the Westbrook-Akina touchdown. And thinking to myself, okay, like this is some efficiency. This is they weren't asking Tannehill to put it in harm's way, or, or they, they were just managing the the the, the passing game the, the best they could with the weapons they had. They were utilizing the tight ends early. You know, Swaim had a couple catches. Furcher did, and and then from there it just dropped off. I mean, ten incompletions to five completions is not going to make anyone concerned about this team that can only score 13 points.
0: I've got another area, too, that it was a big disappointment on a day where I expected it to be a big plus.
1: We're looking uh, looking forward to this discussion as uh, we get into the Titans' defense coming up on Outkick 360. So... Who do you think has had the best rushing performance as a team in an individual game all season? Outkick three hundred and sixty rolls on.
2: I mean, my first guess would be the Baltimore Ravens at some point. I'd say uh,
0: maybe that Jonathan Taylor
2: <laughs> game. Uh, it was the Tennessee Titans yesterday.
0: I, I, th- I was going to say that's that was probably that was the easy answer, had.
2: but I didn't want to. I wanted Hutton to reveal it. Yeah. it was, it was the, the reveal. So we handed you no, the that's reveal. fine. It, it, so it was the Tennessee Titans yesterday. Two
1: hundred seventy yards is the most from a team all season in a single game, and Foreman had ten runs of four yards or more in this game. Hilliard gave you seven carries of four yards or more, including that long touchdown run. Now they fumbled twice, and that can't happen. And you expect to win the game, especially. If, I get it; you're losing the turnover battle there, but how how did they not produce more points? They ran for 270 yards, and their quarterback threw for 96 yards on the day. 96 yards. And they lost 36-13. to
0: 13. I think it's kind of hard to do. I'm looking at the end of drives. Punt, touchdown, missed I mean, field goal, fumble, this, touchdown, fumble, as punt. They, yeah,
1: I know. Interception,
0: they, downs, fumble.
1: As they go into the bye week, though, you – the focus has been on how do you how do you maintain your identity without Henry? Stick with your offense, which is running the football, right? That, that's that's their identity, that's the mentality, and and keep the pace with whatever the opponent's doing, which is tough. These teams are scoring twenty five to thirty points a game. Well, you just had the best rushing performance of any team all season, and you didn't come close to winning that game. And
0: you lost by twenty two. That's, that's very second concerning. worst loss of the season. The other thing is, I mean, you, you, uh, I can't remember the number last week. I think Houston started at about the four, uh, uh, the average of yeah, 41, that, and New England started the average of the 41. That's You're the problem. Them short problem.
1: <clears throat> no doubt. I mean, that we're about to get into the defense. They, they, the, the offense coughing the football up in some of these turnovers have a, have put the defense in some really tough situations
0: defending but short fields.
1: Yesterday, they did an okay job at defending short fields, they just did not make the easy play. And I know you're about to get into this, Or I think. the big
0: play. And here's the biggest thing. And you set this up last week. I mean, the one thing that should have been the most reliable, the one unit on this team, and look, it lost Bud Dupree as Bud Dupree was coming on. But still, three out of the four guys are intact, and they're three of the best players on the team. Simmons, Autry, Landry. Autry didn't make the stat sheet yesterday. Not a tackle, not a touch of the quarterback, nothing. Simmons and Landry, also quiet. Collectively, those three guys needed to me to be the guys that were difference makers in this game. They did very little, uh, very little. And then I'd put Kevin Byard on the list. If you're looking for stars in this game, Ryan Tannehill didn't do anything. And then the next three guys to me are Simmons, Autry, Landry. I'll go for Byard. Those guys didn't do anything. Yeah, this is not
2: a scary Patriots offense. Yeah. And I, I thought the Those defense- four
0: defenders need to make a play. Even if the ball's coming out quick. I talked to Terrell Williams, the defensive line coach. He gave me that. The ball's coming out quick thing. Well, look, when the ball comes out quick... You're still allowed to do something, chase something down, force a fumble from behind, do something. I'm looking for one play out of one of those guys that might turn the game at a crucial moment. And it's also The way the Patriots chased down running backs and forced fumbles and made plays.
2: It's also just not totally true. I mean, there were plenty of times where he was back there long enough to get some pressure on Mac Jones, and they consistently got no pressure.
0: And the Titans on Mac Jones,
2: and it's not just. I, I love Kevin Byard and how accountable he is, and, and he's he very pressure. honest. Well, he's very honest about how how bad they were uh, in that game. Um, but you know, to say our defense has to outperform the other defense, that's true. He and
0: Simmons both said that. They, they was also a theme. they also have to
2: be good. They, they weren't good yesterday. Yeah, I mean that's it's not just. Let's not confuse this as boy, our offense is really struggling, and their defense outperformed us, and we have to be better than the opposing defense. You also have to play to a a standard, and that's not an overly explosive Patriots offense you faced. To me, that was below what the Titans' defensive standard has been this year. That's a compliment to what they've been on defense this year also, but that was well below the standard. That wasn't just getting outplayed by the opposing defense. That was the Titans' defense not playing well. This is
0: very concerning to me. Bayard said this, I, I think, to a question I asked um, in the interview room after the game. We've got to get back to the drawing board and figure out ways to win ball games. figure out who we are. I think in these past few weeks, we've just been doing a lot of uncharacteristic stuff. We have to find ways to win ball games. try to figure out who we are and our identity again. Identity crisis in week 12 is a bad thing in the NFL. Well, they should not have an
2: identity crisis on defense. And they're having them. They should know who they are on defense. That's that's the problem. I understand an identity crisis on offense because they don't know who they well, have. that's
0: about people. From week to week. Right. But an identity crisis short of missing people is a problem. And they are missing a lot of people on defense. But they still have enough, I think. And their their identifying characteristic is that front four. They've got three out of the four. So I think they should still, don't you agree, Hutton, be who they are? Despite David Long being out well, and Sean Evans being out and oh, Greg yeah. being yeah. out and...
1: But like I, I view it, I guess I just see that I see it different than them having an identity crisis right now because they this was a one possession game and then they loafed, which is very very uncharacteristic yeah, for that defense. Fits it the it, uncharacteristic it part. But it, it's not it's not identity crisis. Like it was just laziness. Knock a guy out of bounds. Kendrick Bourne's long is forty one yard touchdown. I think it was. Uh, where he slips a couple tackles, he's tiptoeing down the sideline and runs in for the touchdown uh, for his second of the day. Other than that play defensively, I thought they were okay. It was a one-possession game, and you're it, the game's almost going the way you wanted it. You want to get that game into the fourth quarter. It's a one-possession game, and you want to run the football and play defense and keep it low scoring. That's what we said it was going to be. We had a 17-13 type feel all day long, and it did last week leading up to it defensively though when they gave up that play that was the backbreaker because that made it a two possession two touchdown game they were down 13 at that point and this offense sucks and then you got to go offense for it. is not going
0: you to gotta go football for it and, Fourth go and long in your own end but, but With you know six minutes left it's over after that you miss they but something crazy about that
2: statement you just made Hunt, about this offense sucking which personnel wise they they do they should we just talked about identity Is that not the identity of what you want when you have all of these draft picks on the offensive line? The way John Robinson built this team and his image is to be able to physically beat people at the line of scrimmage and run the football at will? I mean, the turnovers were a problem, but I'm just saying even with that group of running backs and this team... They were still able to play to what I would expect the Titans' identity well, to be. I think that was the best with offensive Derek line run-blocking performance of well, the and they did it without Derrick Henry. With, they ran the ball effectively. With
1: Derrick Henry, though, I I think they're putting up 30 points yesterday.
0: Well, you get another person in the not, box. Not,
1: exactly. That That's the issue is these it's guys are running against box. light boxes. Uh, and even when they're not, they're playing too deep and – no one respects these receivers. No one No one expects these receivers to run by them. And because of that, you're, you're getting extremely tight windows, and, and they're not making these big plays that are moving the chains. I, I don't know. It, they, this is, it's got to be, speaking of tight windows, the scoreboard's got to be tight for them to have a chance. And even in that case, they're not guaranteed a win because who knows if Randy is going to make a field goal. This just feels a lot like it's got to be played in the upper teens' low 20s for the Titans to have a shot. And unfortunately, they're not going very far. They're not making it out of the
2: first week of the playoffs like that. Well, it also feels like a team, you know, we can talk about, and we have a lot about how this schedule gets easier down the stretch. And uh, on the flip side, the Colts' schedule is difficult Mm -hmm. going down the stretch, which is great news for the Titans winning the division. But also, this is a team right now, I watch them and I think, they really need two weeks to rest up and get healthy to win a close game against Jacksonville. This is not a blowout. This is a, probably a close game against Jacksonville.
0: Well, Jacksonville's been better. I, I think the Titans, I mean, Titans have I mean, been don't in you the habit of blowing not,
2: people out. But even with the weak schedule, I'm not watching this team now and all of a sudden, all of a sudden thinking, boy, let's go down and put WWW hmm, here right. with these bad opponents coming up. I'm looking at them thinking they need to go out and play clean and play really well with the current group if they don't get a number of guys back to survive the Jacksonville Jags. Well, hell, Chad. That's what they have to do at home. The
0: worst team on it's their remaining... survival game. The worst team on their remaining schedules, the Houston Texans, who they just lost to. to <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that lost... Right, the te- right. And
2: we could also go back to the Jets, but really the loss of the Texans, the way they lost... The bottom. That changed the look of the season to say, well, win, 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 no. They just got whipped by the Texans. Anything can happen. Plus... And there's no given with this team now because... Of the awful shape the roster's in. Plus,
0: San Francisco's significantly better than it's, oh, it San was Francisco a month ago when we were looking. It's
2: an absolute L right now, and if Miami, I'm looking at the schedule. And
0: Miami's significantly better. We, I mean, we were chalking that up as an easy W. Miami's playing much better football yeah. right I now. I
2: still lean towards they'll beat Jacksonville and Houston A-Miami. on the road. I I think yeah, Am might. I'm not, I'm not putting that one on the board just yet. I don't, I don't lean towards
1: any of these games being wins or losses. Like, I... I, I I have no idea which Titans team to show. Well, who's on the field?
0: Up. Yeah. Uh, well, but because no, literally, of that, literally you have no but, idea but who the thing, will show because, up, because of that for starters. I'm, I'm
1: not I'm, I'm that's me admitting I'm not buying into this team as the makeup right now for the postseason because I, I you can't tell me who's going to be healthy week to week. That's number 1, but number 2 uh, the the guys not that they that have on the field, I I have no idea if they're going to protect the football and offensively they're not scoring more than 20 points. So in this league that's a loss. But the, the good news is they're playing some really terrible opponents. And it, and unfortunately for the Titans, I've seen them play the worst teams in the league this year. We know those results. They're
0: 0-2. Yeah, the who shows up question is is a literal question on two, right. two fronts. Like A, who, <laughs> right. who, who's able to dress? And then B, among who dresses, how do they play?
1: It's, it's, it's concerning. At the same time, though, I, I see a team that is capable of Pulling out some games late because the defense, as we know, they they do have players that we can show up and and expect to show up and actually contribute week to week. And again, the mistake well, this we this ISO make, cam on me right
2: now.
0: This uh, this uh, this mistake we make sometimes is presuming everybody's a three week injury. Right. You know, Bud Dupree I think is Let's, eligible for Jacksonville, but is that a domino injury? A three week injury? We don't know. We're presuming the hamstrings are three week injuries. Right? Well, here's
1: the here's the eligibility. Um, I put
0: three of them up. And and uh, no, so it's Crookshank and Julio Jones who are eligible for Jacksonville.
1: So here's, here's what I don't, you can clarify. Is it three it, games? It's three games, not, not three, three weeks. weeks. So that means A.J. Brown's not eligible to return until the San Francisco game. Yes, he's
0: missing two more games.
1: Bud Dupree could return by the Pittsburgh week, which would be yes. fitting, but we don't know the
0: extent of the
1: abdominal right. we injury. We don't know. So
0: listen, for all we know, Bud Dupree tore his abdominals it, and he's done for the year. Right. We have no idea. So all it is is a hopeful thing that he could be back after missing three games. We don't know. The ones we have an idea about are the hamstrings. You know, because the hamstring generally takes three to four weeks. And, then, um, and, and, and by the way, A.J. Brown's not dealing with hamstring. a hamstring. A.J. Brown's dealing with the chest. So they call it chest. Right. Does A.J. Brown have broken ribs? Adrian Brown could have broken ribs and he could be dumped for the year. We don't know.
1: But the the other Julio Jones we know. The other players that are hurt are not necessarily on injured reserve with some designation to return um after 3 weeks. There there's um McNichols who's not, right, on, he's IR, not on IR. Uh and then there's a guy a bunch of guys on defense. David Long is not on that's IR. That's a hamstring. Um, also
0: so we know the rough timetable on that.
1: Let's say, uh, Denny is not on injured reserve. Monty and that's a Rice concussion. Monty Rice is hurt yesterday, but we That's don't
0: ankle, I think, and it.
1: But no designation. No today. designation. Uh, they, they made we some won't, moves today. We won't have
0: a designation. And look, if they make a move with one of those guys that got hurt yesterday, it'll be next Saturday that they make that move.
1: Yeah, because, because oh, it's, yeah. About game. it's about missing games. It's about games, so it doesn't matter if they go in IR now. Um, Tommy Hudson, don't know the extent. doesn't matter. Don't know the extent. I mean, they're just this is a team that cannot catch a break on the injury front. And right now they're also a team that will not create their own breaks in game. Their defense isn't forcing turnovers. Uh, there is a skill to that. They
0: forced 11 turnovers, 11 turnovers during the six game winning streak. Now zero turnovers in these two losses while they've given it away nine times. So go figure.
1: But that's like, like an example would be, I know there's a drop pick yesterday. Both teams had one, but you could at, at, if they if I saw the Patriots fumbling the way the Titans did and the 50-50 balls were going New England's way, I would come in here today and say, you know what we consider and say they're not forcing turnovers, but there, there were turnovers to be had they just didn't get the right bounces. I don't even see the ball loose.
0: Yeah, but Dylan, right? Dylan Cole is on the side of that return uh, of the interception. Am I expecting Dylan Cole to catch a ball and return it for you know. a pick six? No.
1: Well, D- well D-
0: I'm sorry, but a Dylan Cole teamer can catch
2: bat. a ball that hits him right in both hands.
1: But to me, those are evened <laughs> out. Kyle Van Noy dropped a would-be interception, too, yesterday. Right. Hand delivered from Ryan Tannehill, which, which also is very a very similar pick, pick to what yeah. he's been throwing
0: all season. And it would have been a pick six also, right? And I have more faith in Kyle Van Noy running that back than Dylan Cole not getting caught.
1: So here's, here's the other thing I was asking myself in the second half of this game. Third quarter, close game, before the game got out of hand. How good is New England? Because the, the answer to that question tells you what the Titans can do, right? Because they ran for 270 yards or whatever the final number ended up being. They had 17 carries of four yards or more, some chunk runs, where that's what they do offensively. They're supposed to be getting some guys back at receiver. Golden Tate's going to be in the mix soon, sooner rather than later. What what did we really see from the Titans yesterday? That if you just remove the, the, the turnovers – what what team were they playing? Are they playing a wild card team that is capable of winning a playoff game, similar to what we would say the Titans are right now, or were they playing the number one or number two seed in the AFC?
0: Can I cheat? and say it, Let me see them play Buffalo. Well, that's one what time? I said
1: earlier. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. We've seen them. We've seen this Titans team beat Buffalo though. Yeah. And yesterday they were within one possession of beating New England on the road. So hey, look,
0: I don't care who you're playing. If you if you go. Six points allowed, seven points allowed, zero points mm, allowed, 13 yes. points allowed in a span of four games. You're playing a good think, team. No, they're that, good. That's a good team. And and look, we know how well coached they are. We know how they're not going to beat themselves. And in this year where the AFC and the NFL in general are just kind of muddied yes, and there's no like singular team, like, well, they're not as good as the measuring stick team. Well, we don't know who the measuring stick team is. They might be the measuring stick team.
1: Well, so I guess the answer to that question though kind of defines as you get on the plane and go into your bye week. Do you take a sigh of relief and think, okay, we lost two straight, but we're getting the week off. We're going to regroup. We've got Jacksonville coming up, and we've you know we've got these series of games that are, look winnable. Or do you look back and think, okay, we dropped two straight. We are in a world of hurt because even the easy plays this defense wasn't making yesterday, and offensively, a 96 yards passing.
0: Well, look, I don't know which way they're to they're going to take the rosy side of it, right? And I think fans could go with them. Well, publicly, I don't
1: know about behind the scenes no, whether or not I think behind
0: they will. the scenes they're probably upbeat because of this. They're going to be healthier. Vrabels really good coming off a of bye. Late buys, like I just told you, they're playing late bye teams have done very well right. recently. And uh, you know, look, Jacksonville still if you're picking teams to play, I understand the gap between the Titans and these bad teams are is not what we would have expected, but you'd still pick Jacksonville, Miami, and, and Houston for three of them as opposed to some of the teams they played earlier and beat already. You know who the Titans could have used
2: the last two weeks? The Josh Reynolds that played on Thanksgiving Day for the Detroit <laughs> Lions. Yeah.
0: That was my only Thanksgiving Day tweet. I said – Look at Josh but Reynolds at playing him. like he gives a bleep.
2: We can sit here and blame <laughs> Josh Reynolds all day.
0: He only had three catches. He had a touchdown.
2: Yeah. You don't think he could be better than some of the I options right him. now for the for the Titans? No, I want a team loaded with players that give a bleep. Then why does he care and can do something in Detroit and not with the Titans? I
0: don't know. He's a mental patient.
2: At some point, though, Paul, when you bring in free agent after free <laughs> agent and they suddenly get there and don't want to play for you and then go somewhere else and want to play... It's a you problem, not a them I problem. I
0: understand, but you have to be a certain kind of guy to play here. They've blown it on bringing in guys that don't meet a certain, that standard.
2: A but- certain type of guy like Des Fitzpatrick? does no, the playbook. I'm saying
0: they've blown it with a lot of those guys, but I don't mind that they have that standard. They I, I, need to do better finding guys I, I, that meet that standard. Well, well even with all for that. For sure. But I want them to have that standard. Even with the
2: not give a bleep with him, I never saw Ryan Tannehill look over there and check with him to see if he got the play. <laughs> he seemed I, to know his playbook.
0: Don't cast me as a defender of Des Fitzpatrick. I'm not. It was a bad pick. Well, you said it takes a certain type of guy
2: to see the field for the Titans and play. Des Fitzpatrick's out there. They couldn't make not it work for Josh the field. They're
0: desperate. They have to put people on the field. Well, the, the Detroit field.
2: Lions got them a touchdown somehow, and the Titans well, the couldn't. The Detroit Lions so still haven't good. won a game. Um, coaching update. Washington is now no longer vacant. Kalen DeBoer, the head coach at Fresno State, is your next Washington Huskies He's head coach. He coaches my quarterback. And here's another one. Bruce Feldman is yeah. now reporting that LSU is fully targeting Brian Kelly as their next head coach from Notre Dame.
0: Brian Kelly is not that good. I not. don't. Is that not
2: one of the stranger so developments? I think Brian Kelly's a really good coach and done very well at Notre Dame, but of all the coaches for LSU,
0: no, that's a wrong guy. Now we find out how appealing Notre Dame is if he also, gets the job, right? <laughs> how old is that going to be? We'll talk well, about that for ten days. There goes Luke Fickle. If that's the case, oh, that's right. Yeah, good call, Hut. But what does all this mean for Jake Hayner? That's my question.
2: Yeah. My guy. Your guy. Brian Kelly, 60 years old.
0: That's not the right fit. No. Come on. <laughs> no, I mean, we say anybody could win at LSU. This will really test.
1: How about LSU getting that win over Texas A&M In the way they did it at home?
2: Uh, and it was so Coach O, right? I mean, I'm watching that. I'm watching it live, and I'm thinking, they are going to go down and score right here. Coach O.
1: And he's going to have a and party. And he was doing nothing off. but listening to the play calls. Right. And, and then and he just walks a, He's off just to reacting like a fan on the sideline. He's yeah. thinking,
0: what am I – how am <laughs> oh, I celebrating no! this? Go Tigers! Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, Say, give it to me one more time, the guy said, the sideline yeah. interview. Go Tigers! And then he walks off to the sunset.
2: I mean, I'm – To con- some pool, hotel pool. I'm convinced <laughs> you could hire almost anyone at LSU and good things right. will happen. But
0: why Brian Kelly?
2: I, I don't know. It, it's an uh, – it's – Brian Kelly, I think, is a very good coach. He's a big name in the business. I think it's a very strange fit.
0: He should stay at Notre Dame as long
2: as he can. Yes. Brian Kelly seems perfect for Notre Dame for a long and time. And he does
0: not seem perfect for the SEC.
2: No. Well, did Woodward try to get him at previous stops I like at a I don't know. Here's something else that's happening, guys. We can talk about it as the week goes on. Andy Staples is saying he's going to have a big story about this later. He said look for not just a few. In some cases, the majority of rosters entering the transfer portal when their coach leaves, even if they come back, they do it to just to see interest. It's then legal tampering, right? They see what schools are offering them, them what, and they could always come back. Well, no they know that they have the new coach by the you know this is what, why you do it. And then they could always come back and still stay there and play. And well, your old coach take might take your name take out
0: of it if you you're to And your old coach it. might take
1: you. Well, if you're if you're legit, I I absolutely would endorse this as any college football player if you're legit. Because you, you enter the transfer portal, and then you get offers for name, image, likeness. NIL. Exactly. And everyone gives you it's a all contract the offers. offer. Um, this it's, is like it, you, complete free agency. And you com- yeah. And you compare it, and you get what's yours. Because the incoming freshmen are getting million-dollar deals. More coming on OutKick 360. If you're just getting in the car for your drive home after uh, the Monday at work...
2: Chad, LSU is reportedly after which current Power 5 Brace coach? Yourself. Brian Kelly, head coach at Notre Dame. This story from The Athletic. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to credit everyone. Bruce Feldman's in on this. And they don't have names. It just says, Athletic College Football Staff. I know whoever writes. Uh, Brody Miller, the LSU beat writer. Pete, Pete Sampson. Pete Sampson. Notre Dame beat writer. So here's, also on the
1: story. Here's what Pete Sampson just wrote at The Athletic on why Kelly would leave Notre Dame. Brian Kelly leaving for LSU would be a shock move for a coach finishing his 12th season at Notre Dame after finally getting the job almost exactly how he wants it. However, sources told The Athletic that Kelly believes Notre Dame can do more in facilities and mental performance, which would include brick-and-mortar upgrades to the practice facility.
2: And That's what we'll he's going to get out of this. And the, the, the last part of this, Hutton, it says, LSU's interest in Kelly has Notre Dame's attention enough that those close to the head coach are sounding out his intentions. There is a belief that he wants to remain at Notre Dame. What does this all mean? He is giving Notre Dame all of the info that he could leave for someone who's going to give him everything he wants if they don't meet his demands for whatever facility upgrades he wants. Oh, good? Oh My is- guess, Notre Dame Comes up with some sort of plan to say he's getting his facility up. Go upgrades. hire Luke Fickle at Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, I mean, Houghton made that connection immediately. I mean,
2: oh, that's the that's the Brian one. Brian Kelly Paul, uh, twelve years at Notre Dame, two hundred sixty three career wins, third most among active FBS head coaches, behind Alabama's Nick Saban and North Carolina's Mac Brown.
1: When he's the all, isn't he the all time winningest coach at Notre Dame? I think so.
2: I mean, this is a splash. I higher. don't
0: see him in the playoffs on a regular basis.
2: He gets the playoffs, though. <laughs> I mean, not a lot of programs can say they've been outside of Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Alabama. He's been multiple times. Look, he's a really, I, I, I think he's a really good coach. I think it's, of all of the splash, big-name guys that LSU could go hire, seems like an odd fit. I'd say go ahead. Brian Kelly's also, I believe, spent his entire career in the Midwest. He was at Central Michigan as a head coach. Central Michigan, Cincinnati, Notre Dame have been his stops. Now, they also say in this story he has recruited at least one player from the state of Louisiana every year. He assigned one player to Notre Dame from the state of Louisiana. So he does have recruiting ties to the area. Well, and you ask ask why
1: Woodward would go after him. This, to me, is just a, okay, let's get a list of the winningest college football coaches, current college football coaches, and who is locked up and who's not. So – Nick Saban's not going to LSU. You can just keep going down yes. your list. Mac Brown? Too old. <laughs> you keep going down your list, and there's Brian Kelly. He's not far down the list either. And you, I mean, th- there's the splash. You know, it's, it, this would be just as, as jarring as Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for USC. But
0: do you think it's greeted as a, Wow, they got Brian Kelly?
2: I think it's greeted as a, wow, Brian Kelly left Notre Dame <laughs> Brian, for LSU. Well, but, Which I do think it does help LSU that you got Notre Dame's head coach to leave.
1: But beyond that, like, so let's just be fair to the argument of what Florida just did. Florida got rid of Dan Mullen for Billy Napier. Um, LSU just fired a national championship winning coach from two years ago and was going to go hire Dave Aranda at Baylor? Like this 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 makes more sense than that to me.
2: Well, it it makes more sense in that yes, you, you can then come back and say we just hired the third winningest active coach in college football right. who got Notre Dame to multiple playoff appearances.
1: I'm not um, saying it makes sense in my head. I'm just saying what I, what I, what, I, what what makes the splash I, that I'm, everyone says, you know what? That that's exactly why they made the move. It, LSU's trying to Right now, they're trying not to lose out to Oklahoma after losing out on Oklahoma's coach.
2: There's always something in this coaching carousel that just knocks a pause in you. (laughs) It started with Lincoln Riley. This is one that if this happens, it would knock a pause in me. I still think that this story is out there now. Mm. The way it's being labeled, he is using this to get what he wants from Notre Dame. I do not think... I love that last little line from Pete Sampson that says... He is also making his intentions clear through friends of his, and their belief is he ultimately wants to stay at Notre Dame. The way Notre he doesn't want to be forced because he doesn't get everything he wants by Notre Dame to take the LSU job. The way
0: Notre Dame people talk, it's it's shocking to me that there's something Notre Dame doesn't have, uh, brick and mortar wise.
2: Oh
1: yeah. Well, there's, it, there's they, always, they have I mean, everything, but you always want more.
2: If you're not like that, announcing a new building construction plan every year, <laughs> then you're falling behind. Not,
1: not just announcing, if you're not, if you're not under construction, if you haven't, if you're not breaking ground on something new, you're behind.
2: Have you guys seen our putt putt course that we have got back here? I need to bring <laughs> hey, the recruits over here. To Chad, show we're, we're going to add a car dealership, a heated there. water yes. slot. Yes. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's all
1: just ridiculous. You're right, though, Paul. I mean, uh, all of these big programs. It goes back to what we led with today can pretty much offer the same things. It's just what's, who's willing to offer
2: it to you right now? It's a racket, man. The college football coaching gig. It's great work if you can get it. It's a racket. <laughs> it, is, it is far exceeded what anyone ever thought it would become. It's we amazing.
0: all should have been coaches.
2: Yeah. Don't become players. Become
1: coaches. In college football. Teach your children. We're back at it tomorrow. The very latest in all the coaching searches. We continue to dive deep on week 12 of the NFL season and much more. Hope you'll join us for the Tuesday edition of Outkick 360.
0: Don't block the box. Do lock the locks. And don't get stuck under a bridge.